to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket. He's Eric Strickland. I am Jake Bakovin. And right now we welcome on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline 424-645-685 our friend from the Omaha World, Harold Evan Bland. Evan, how are you doing today? Hey, guys. Doing well. Uh, it's it's still cold outside. I can confirm that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, doing well. How, how's, how's it going? It's not, it's not cold outside, Evan. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I've heard the trick, you lie to yourself, right? I mean, you can only lie to yourself for so long until you lose feeling in your extremities, and then you have to maybe come to terms. Yeah, it's it's uh, it certainly is still cold in here in Lincoln. Strick is uh, is is on remote, so he can uh, make fun of us a little bit. But we still got a little bit chilly. At least it's not snowing, though. That's good news. On remote, we're, we're, I never we're, thought seventy five. I never thought seventy five was cold, Evan. I didn't. I didn't know that. I'm, uh... oh. <laughs> He's down in Florida, so. Oh. <laughs> Just oh. joking, my friend. Just joking. <laughs> but we'll bear through no, it. That, yeah, that's great. We have seasons here, so, you know, I, I guess we'll take it. <laughs> there is that. Four seasons in one day sometimes. But uh, either way, we're, we're also going to have to jump around a little bit from topic to topic, Evan. Is There's there's not a whole lot of like a, a news dump in any specific area, but there's kind of a lot going on. I wanted to start with kind of your thoughts on kind of the news by the NCAA, or NSAA board um, um, taking away Gretna's Class A football championship. They're, they're vacating it. They even want the trophy back um, because of an ineligible player. Have you have you ever seen something like that? And do you know um, kind of more details about the ineligible player? Kind of what's going on there? Uh, a little bit. Our one of our one of our colleagues, Stu Pospisil, uh, had a story up on Omaha.com about that. But uh, you know, from the sound of it, they Gretna had an ineligible player. Uh, so it, it had something to do with his his domicile or his his place of residence. Uh, that he had listed was within the Gretna uh, district, but where he actually lived was outside of that. Mm. So it's it's really unfortunate because it sounds like, at least with the facts that we know now, that the letter of the law was enforced by the NSAA, and they were in executive session for, sounds like, a few hours uh, talking this through before they voted unanimously. But at the same time, you know, you wonder about kind of the spirit of the law. And you wonder, uh, as the facts continue to come out, was this sort of a malicious uh, attempt at competitive gain? Or was this just, you know, kind of maybe a misunderstanding by something else? I think there are still facts that have yet to come out. But the bottom line is, I mean, you think back to that Class A championship, 7-3, to Gretna beat Westside. It was a great game. And now officially that title's vacated. You, you got to feel for all those kids. I mean, most of whom you have to imagine were totally blindsided by what occurred and you know in their hearts i'm sure they'll always consider themselves to be champs and and they earn that on the field but uh it's just unfortunate for both sides and um you know this sort of thing's been going on a long time right where uh schools maybe recruit or or there's guys coming out of district and you wonder uh with this high profile of of a of a case or a precedent if we'll start to see more of that moving forward and i guess that's the other thing i would ask too is the timing of it seems a little bit interesting to me where, you know, this is a couple months removed from the championship or so. When was this known? How was this, uh, how did this become known? 
by the powers that be, I think those are all things, uh, at least publicly, that we've yet to learn. And like I said, Evan Blaine of the Omaha World Herald uh, joining us here. Uh, like I said, I'm ju- going to have to jump around a little bit because there's kind of different interesting things going on uh, in different areas of, of the sports scene that we're covering here in Lincoln. Husker basketball game against Ohio State postponed uh, due to COVID in the program. So no Husker hoops this week. And, of course, women's basketball um, kind of dealing with the same thing. For, but for the men's uh, team, it, it, I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of come to a conclusion with this. Like, how much will it hurt them when they, when they haven't won a game quite yet? Uh, in Big Ten play, uh, do you have any any takes that you think that th- how this will affect the team other than just trying to get healthy for Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, and, and I'm sure, you know, Strick, you can sure speak to this, uh, you know, better than I can, but it, it seems like from a psychological perspective, maybe it's not the worst thing to take a, a step back from the grind and sort of reassess, and uh, if you can't get out there, you know, sort of prepare in other ways that maybe the grind of the season doesn't allow you to, but it does seem like on the flip side too, you just get Trey McGowan's back. He's just starting to get his legs under him played. Uh, I want to say, you know, 13 to 15 minutes maybe uh, in his last game. And uh, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate that you have to take a break for his sake at that time when he needs that court time, he needs time with his teammates to, to kind of rebuild that rapport. Um, but, you know, I, I think overall to me, the psychological part maybe is, is a little bit welcome where they can take a little bit of a break, reassess what they've done. Um, you know, you hope it doesn't extend to the length that it did last season when they were, uh, you know, out for multiple weeks and, and that sort of residual effect carried on and affected them down the stretch. But um, it's just unfortunate. It, it's the times we live in. We kind of knew this was inevitable as we saw COVID issues pop up across the Big Ten um, in weeks leading up to this. And you know, again, you just hope if you're if you're within those walls that you use this as a positive and and maybe start to reassess some things. Yeah, that is the way I looked at it too, Evan. This is Eric again. Um, uh, I also want to just kind of turn it over to the women's side. I, I, I that's one thing I want to make sure that we we kind of keep in you know a little a little eye out there. I know we we love to talk the the men's sports, but the the women's basketball team has been playing pretty good basketball. But I really want to shine a light on Alexis Markowski right now, who has just captured her fourth Big Ten Freshman of the Week award of the season. I think that's just phenomenal, you know, for a young lady who who came late and decided to make a change and and stay with the Huskers and started not coming off the bench, getting small minutes, and now has found herself in the starting lineup. The, you know, she's doing a wonderful job in, the, in just in this last you know few weeks and the second week as a starter. And she's the reigning U.S. Uh, women's Basketball National Freshman of the Week. She's averaged uh, almost 22 points, five rebounds, two steals, shooting 66 percent from the field, 77 percent in that uh, also from three, but also still shooting 71 percent for the season. I mean, what what do you think about the women's basketball's pro, pro, um, prospects of of popping into the the top 25 and, and, you know, do you think they can still make some noise in this big 10? I know they faced a a tough Iowa squad who's just, you know, they're they're just like a juggernaut right now, the way that they're playing. But do you think the Husker women, you know, have a chance to to make some noise as we continue on in the rest of the big uh, 10 uh, women's season? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I would say personally, I've watched more Nebraska women's basketball games this year than I have probably the last, three or four years combined and they're just they're just a fun team to watch they can beat you in so many ways I mean you mentioned Alexis Markowski what she brings defensively what she brings on the offensive side she can shoot the three a little bit as well as inside and then 
um, you know, Jazz Shelley on the outside. I mean, she's like, uh, she's uh, a high end recruit that they have, you know, running, running the, the, the point up top and it, just watching the way that they beat Michigan, the way that they uh, hung with Iowa in Lincoln and, and really hung with them on the road, uh, despite being yeah. shorthanded. I mean, it was extremely impressive. And so even though they've lost a couple of games of late, like the quality of play is still really high. They're playing uh, very well offensively. They can beat you in a whole bunch of different ways. I think if there's one sort of you know criticism or one area that you'd like to see them shore up to take that next level, it would be finding a way to shut down some elite individual scores on the other side. I mean, we saw that with uh, – they held back uh, Michigan's top score pretty well, but, um, you know, Caitlin Clark from Iowa got hers the last couple times out. And, uh, you, you know, you'd love to maybe have a little bit better lockdown of, of the top scores on the other side. But, I mean, that's a team that uh, they can they can win in a lot of ways. If they're not hitting shots, they can still find a way to do it defensively or in transition or whatever else. And so, uh, you know, I think kind of like the men a little bit, I mean, the depth of the Big Ten, you have to factor that in when you're evaluating how good Nebraska is. And I think the women's side is awfully deep, too. And even though they've dropped a couple, uh, I would expect them to, to win plenty down the stretch. And to me, they're a, a solid NCAA tournament team at this part, at this point in the year. And as we jump over one final uh, topic jump here over to the football side of things, it's been a pretty exciting uh, couple of months, obviously, since the season ended for Nebraska. Um, it, it, and it's just kind of dawning on me that even though you're coming off a three and nine year, um, there's just so much turnover, so much change in the portal and all that. I think you might have one of the more interesting spring games that we've had recently. Um, I'm already looking forward to it just because of all the position battles that will be going on there. Um, I know you probably don't have a list in front of you, but um, what are the some of the best battles and some of the names that that we haven't seen that are joining the team um, that you're going to be interested to watch in the spring? Well, I mean, obviously it starts with the quarterback spot. It's always a more interesting spring when that position is up for grabs. And really, since, you know, the spring of 2018, we've kind of known who that guy is going to be, that it would be Adrian Martinez. And so you have this situation where, yes, Casey Thompson is your probably your your odds-on favorite to win the job. He was He's the resident veteran. He started 10 games last year. Um, but I think what makes it more interesting is the presence of Chubba Purdy, who was another hand-picked quarterback uh, brought out of the portal by Mark Whipple, who had recruited Purdy in high school. He was uh, the first call that he made when he went back to the portal back in November. So that fascinates me. I mean, I think it's a different discussion if it was just Casey Thompson and uh, you know the other returners, Logan Smothers, Heinrich Harburg, and, and uh, Richard Torres, who's coming in, but to me, it does take on the feeling of a of a true competition. Even if you can still acknowledge that Thompson's that guy, so I think quarterback certainly would be your top spot there. Um, you know, you, you start to look at the moves that Nebraska made in just the last six weeks or so, and what makes the spring especially interesting to me is the fact that they have 16 early enrollees uh, on campus. So you're talking 16 new players, whether that's high school, junior college, or out of the portal, that are immediately enrolled in classes that are immediately eligible in spring and and will be factors in the fall. And so most of what they brought in was on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, beyond quarterback, you're talking about, um, you know, Trey Palmer, the the former five-star from LSU, or Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda from New Mexico State, who was a productive player there. I mean, I think the wide receiving group, is totally being remade from what it's been. And Mickey Joseph has done some serious work 
even in, in his, you know, five or six weeks here on the job and reshaping that room. So that's fascinating. Uh, you know, running back is, <laughs> you just don't know. Like, that's been, yeah. it's been a total toss up for a long time. The last two years, I think we're not going to find a, an answer to that this spring necessarily, but the question that it's been for a long time, and, and I think it'll continue to be is, can somebody emerge from that group? Can they find a feature back? Because Nebraska wants there to be a feature back, but nobody's taken that job and, and run with it yet. So, you know, is, is Anthony Grant that guy, the JUCO edition from uh, New Mexico Military Institute? Is it somebody else who's already in the room? So I think that's a few, but uh, overall, to me, offensively, especially, it's going to be really interesting to see how things are reshaped and remolded. Well, and, he, and as, once again, thank you for covering the wide world of sports here in Nebraska. Excellent source to do it. Uh, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. We're going to have to let you go because we're up against break, but uh, we'll just uh, hope that you can stay warm here for the remainder of the night. Yeah, we'll give it a try. Pleasure, guys. Thanks. All right, thanks. There he goes. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Uh, he should be set to join us. Uh, we have a, a little bit of a scheduling conflict, so every Wednesday is going to be the hope moving forward with Evan Bland. We'll, we'll try to set that aside and get a weekly conversation with him. Uh, but uh, here on the block, we have one more segment to round out the show, Hitting the Hardwood, our time to talk some NBA with Strick. And today uh, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook getting benched at the end of games. Frank Vogel apparently has the approval to do it what are the locker room dynamics when such a heavily paid player uh, can't quite carry his weight at least in the crunch and in the crunch time we'll talk about that next with strick here on the block on 93.7 the ticket